0: You're listening to the RefugeNet Podcast. We exist to network leaders, empower churches, and transform communities. In this episode, Pastors Matt, Micah, and David sit down and discuss the upcoming and first ever Multiply Conference and what it will mean for the future of the RefugeNet. Exciting days are coming. Enjoy this episode and get ready for an impartation from God for your life. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Refuge Net podcast. I'm Pastor David. I'm the campus pastor of the Refuge West Campus here in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Joining me as always, the lead pastor of the Refuge uh, Campuses, as well as the, the director of the Refuge Network, Pastor Matt. How are you doing this morning, afternoon, sir? <laughs> doing great, David. How are you? Maybe I'll wake up and realize what time of the day it is when we're done with this. It's actually afternoon. And also joining us, the, uh, uh, multiply, the multiplication pastor here at the Refuge Network, and also the pastor at the Marktree Campus down in Marktree, Arkansas, Pastor Micah Cottrell. Micah, how you
1: doing, buddy? Great. Glad to be here. Ready for the next episode. Looking
2: forward to the conversation today today.
0: What's been going on in y'all's lives right now?
2: Well, we're uh, as we're recording this, we are getting ready for uh, the Night to Shine, which we are hosting at uh, this campus uh, at Jonesboro uh, this, this week, mm-hmm. the uh, Tim Tebow <clears throat> Foundation Night to Shine project for special needs uh, folks and their families. And so we are in mid-preparation. The ch- church is turned upside down in a good way, uh, but uh, we are Ready to roll with that, and so we're excited to see uh, to get to host of about four or five hundred people this week and get to uh, minister to them on a very uh, personal level.
0: Absolutely, I mean, Night to Shine is such a great opportunity to be a witness in our community, especially to those that have you know special needs impacted in their family. Uh, having a special needs child of my own, I know how much this is desperately needed. A lot of people cannot attend church because of this circumstance, so us being a church that Opens up our doors to that. And just the overwhelming response. When I saw that text message, hey, everybody, wait till Wednesday. We don't need you guys on Tuesday night because we got so much done on Monday night. Micah, that just speaks to the, the, the character of the people of our church. They love to help and get involved.
1: Yeah. So Monday night was a very impressive turnout from a lot of the people here that call Refuge home and got so much more done than I anticipated, which, you know, at my house with Sierra's involvement, my wife's involvement in it, uh, has been nonstop. So I, I knew a little bit about how much was going to be needed, and I was even shocked uh, by the end of the night at how much was accomplished. So hats off to all the Refuge volunteers that really helped us out that evening, and I know that the work is going to ensue even, even more so tonight and over the next few days. But it's going to be all great. We're looking forward to it.
0: I cannot agree more. And we will definitely give everybody an update after Night to Shine ends on how that went. And we cannot wait to update you guys on that, as well as other things that God's doing among the refuge campuses. But the first episodes we dropped of this, we talked about the formation of the refuge net and how that came to be and some things that we're anticipating and expecting God to do within it. Um, pastor, just to come back to you before we move into today's topic, what's this current status right now of the, of the refuge net? Can you give us kind of an update on the partners that are joining things that we've already been doing things we're building right now within the net?
2: Yeah, right now we're in a season where it's being really clarified who, um, who is feeling drawn into the network, who is finding their footing within it as far as, um, really discovering that it's a place of, of, um, Help for them and relationship for them, and so we're we're getting our our group really established, but also it's a time where we're identifying some other folks that we're beginning to reach out to and see uh, how 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 much further the reach for this is going to go. but uh, really we're at this uh, we're still in a formational season. Uh, we're putting the plans uh, into motion. The plans are already laid. The blueprints out, and we're enacting it. But everything is really um, the lines are being colored in right now. Mm-hmm. And so we're just being being able to see uh, things begin to now take shape that have been on paper, but now are uh, are being realized.
0: Pastor Mike, can you add yeah, anything?
2: I, yeah, I, I
1: just love that this has been a conversation that Pastor you and I have had uh, for well over a year, I think, at this point. And we're seeing it come together and, and watching what we've formulated over time and thoughts and just ideas that became thoughts and thoughts that became plans and plans that are becoming reality honestly are, it just means a lot to to me uh, every conversation every zoom call that we have every you know moment uh, that we get to share with our partners is just increasing you know uh, my excitement about what's actually happening because we know that it's going to continue
0: awesome well at the discussion of the refuge net when y'all first brought me into it and began talking about what it was going to look like and how it was going to be, one of the other things that y'all mentioned was it won't be long before we actually launch a full-on network conference, and we'll call mm-hmm. it the Multiply Conference because mm-hmm. multiplication is such a huge part of the DNA of our church. And so, well, tell, t- take me, take everybody back behind the curtain. When y'all began entertaining the idea about a conference to go along with the Refuge RefugeNet, um, kind of talk about, you know, the... The thoughts y'all had on the process, what the beginning stages of it were going to be, you know, how what, what we're going to do right up front, what what the shape of it was. Just, Pastor, why don't you start? What what was the, when, we, when you first thought to your mind, we need a conference to go along with this net in the beginning stages of prayer and what y'all were seeing in your minds, what was that looking like?
2: Well, for me, one of the things that I love about the refuge net is that the conference along with the entire concept has been grown out of just organic relationships just it's all come very organically like we didn't uh, sit down intending to set out and create this kind of a network this kind of a conference we we'll, you know we didn't read a textbook or find someone's formula we really it has been a journey of as relationships formed with other pastors and churches we realized hey maybe we need to form a relational uh, group that's a little bit more formal than just, you know, occasionally we see each other, but maybe we need to do, put something, you know, together, and then the network begins to form. And then the more that that takes shape and the more conversations we have, it just becomes to the point where it makes sense that at some point these folks who are often never in the same room have the opportunity to see one another and and for us to provide the very real opportunity for relationships to form that are more than just digital and more than just on a on a monthly Zoom call but are face to face and that we would uh, be able to um, experience ministry together and and have God work in in ways in us together and then and then have an opportunity for certain needs that we know are exist within our group to be addressed through either teaching or preaching or whatever it, it just kind of formulated organically that the next step seem to be that uh, that we have a way to gather and really focus on um, the needs of the net and those who are part of it. And so the outgrowth of that was, uh, hey, um, you know, what better way to do that than to put together a conference? Pastor Micah? Yeah, I
1: think, Pastor, I think you really answered what I was going to say probably in that we all, it's just very difficult for everybody to get into the same room every month and in a, you know, continual way. So we have a lot of the partners that do join are joining through Zoom. Some are able to come in person, but that's even difficult for some of our friends that are here in town with us to be in person once a month. So the, and the idea of this whole thing was just for it to be as relational as it possibly can be. And we all know how difficult it can be to have relationships with people digitally or virtually or whatever it may be. I realized that COVID kind of made that a little more, more of a you know brought it to prominence for us and and showed us how you know things can be in this way. But I I may be just a little old school in this. I would I like to sit down and look at people. Uh, I like to be able to reach out and shake somebody's hand. Uh, and the conference I think creates that. You know we might not be able to commit to be together. You know, in person with each other every month or even every quarter, because I know some of our partners are are a long ways off. And but if we can find that place where w- once a year we can all come together, get under one roof, and I think that really is something that we see our church doing with our campuses. Yeah. Uh, the need for us to get together, we do that. For those of you who might not know, we our Sunday nights, and the reason we don't have Sunday nights at our campuses is because. We bring them all together at the central campus uh once a week basically um and that that has really uh made this group of churches very very tight knit and uh, that's what i'm I'm hoping that we can do through conferences and other revival services is is bring people into that kind of uh kingdom and close relationship with each other and I think the commitment to doing that once a year at a conference is really where a lot of this was birthed out of.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about it because there is something about a – when you sign up for something, and especially when you put your financial investment into it, that you're going to be there, You all you automatically, in a way, open yourself up to if I'm putting emotional and energy and financial investment into this, then I want to receive something from it. Otherwise, why am I doing this? Why am I attending it? So the fact that we can create this for our network partners to – you know, to come together and experience fellowship and also receive something, whatever God has from them, is just absolutely incredible. Similarly to how we talked about the beginning of the Refuge Net in the last two episodes, when y'all started putting the the idea for it together and what it should look like, some things it should have, some ways it should be similar or different— because I, I know all three of us, we've been to so many conferences, whether annually or being a part of the Assemblies of God. We have district councils and we have conventions we go to on an annual basis and even you know going to you know, big arenas or you know, whatever leadership conferences we may have all attended in our different areas of life. But, Pastor, let me come back to you. When it came to putting the Multiply Conference on paper and the shape of it and the feel of it, What are some similarities and differences from maybe other conferences you've attended that you're like, I want to pull from this and I definitely want to maybe not do that because for what we're doing, this is what God wants us to do.
2: Well, I think one of the advantages of going to a, in any most any kind of conference is that there's always a synergy and a dynamic that occurs at a conference that is not maybe possible uh, just when you're on your own, uh, in your own services or your own events. And so it, it brings a certain uh, excitement, seems like the low end, um, maybe... It, an anointing seems like the high end, so somewhere in between that. But uh, it, it seems <laughs> <That's> like, <true. laughs> it, it, yeah. but it seems like a conference gives you um, a, just a different way, a different experience that on your own isn't going to be. And so that's always a great thing to be in a room because when you go to a conference, as you mentioned, one you especially when you've paid to attend. The people there are there because they really want to be there. Right. There is a percentage of folks that are in our services every Sunday or whenever at, that are just not super excited. Let's be honest. You know, even if you have a, a church that is hot with revival, you still have some people that mm-hmm. they're there because they always go to church. Mm-hmm. And so you. Are, but when you go to a conference, if if everyone has traveled, everyone has spent money, everyone has a level of expectation. Then everyone really wants to be there. That's right. And there is an attitude that goes into then everything: the worship, the prayer, the listening to whatever's being spoken, right. the energy behind sucking up whatever knowledge is being shared, and it, it, and it's just it's it takes on its own life. And so we knew that we wanted that experience right. uh, for for our our partners, uh, especially you know because we do have partners that um, are going to be will go and avail themselves of other conferences. But we, we have some and we'll have more in the future that maybe they don't uh, – they're not in a position where they can do a lot of travel, spend a lot of money, and go to a lot of the other things. But this would this would give them the opportunity to experience that synergy and that uh, that excitement that comes when you have a group together that really has one uh, one specific focus. And so we wanted to take that from other conferences. But the uniqueness for us continues to need to be that there's got to be relational elements to this to where – uh, you know, if you go to Passion Conference and you fill up the stadium in Atlanta, you know there's how uh, twenty thousand. How many people? Uh, okay, that's great, and that provides a wonderful experience in one way. The relational aspect is zero. So, right. um, and that's why we're actually here. So, we knew that uh, besides that that synergy that comes, we also want to – provide the unique experience of you're coming, you're having a great experience with the Lord, but also you're going to really rub so shoulders closely with uh, with these people that you're developing a relationship with because uh, at some way I see all of us in the network as people in the foxhole together. And so we wanted to make sure that we create uh, the opportunities for those lateral relationships to be built, which is different than a lot of conferences provide because it's, it has to right. be more, more focused on the larger groups and the larger uh, event uh, attitude of it. Micah? I, I, I appreciate
1: that as well in that we realize that we fit a very specific role and that we're not trying to be somebody else in what we're doing, and we're okay with us being who we are. And so we're doing that with the intention that we're just going to continue to foster the culture that we have here in-house and that we're finding with a lot of our partners is the same So it it is a a party of us and a lot of our friends, but we want anybody else to come to kind of a thing. And so I'm I'm really appreciative that one, it's a little bit validating to us for one in that we're not alone in any of this either. And that we have found that hey, we we do things this way, and it's not crazy. And there are other people out here who feel the same way that we do right? and that have the same kind of operation. And what's cool is that group of people is very diverse. Even though we're very specific in what we do, we have found that in diverse groups we find similar DNA right. all around. And, and And I appreciate that, and this is the... The culmination of all of those things. So,
0: Michael, let me stay with you real quick because most conferences that I've attended, whether you go by yourself or you go with your team or your leadership or your staff or whatever, the conference is designed for every person that comes to get what they need and take it back. Mm -hmm. This is a unique thing in that this conference, as you both just said, is designed for when you come, you're going to get something, but let your focus be meet, attach, build relationship. That's very unique. And in some some conference aspects, just by the sheer uh, movement of it, you're in a service, you get to maybe talk to someone for a couple of minutes during the worship songs or whatever, then you're zoned in on whoever's speaking. They pray, Mm -hmm. altar time, you're Missed. I got to hurry up and get across the building to this breakout session. I got to sit mm-hmm. there. I might get to talk to a few people along the way. So you can, you know where I'm going this way. how How will the Multiply Conference give breath in a way for network partners to build relationships? I think one
1: thing is the size. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I don't think that's a hidden thing. There, there's likely not going to be thousands of people at this conference. And so that affords people the opportunity to be able to feel comfortable. Standing around in sanctuaries and foyers and in conference rooms and whatnot, building those relationships. Another thing is we have a lot of things going on throughout the day, day services, breakout sessions. But we have intentionally left a lot of the afternoon free and available for people that if you make a great connection go have dinner together before church. Right. Find yourself in one of the parks around town and have a conversation with somebody or one of the 800 coffee shops. You know, there's <laughs> <laughs> the, there's just a lot of He's opportunity. not far off, people. <laughs> no, I'm not. Because everywhere you go, there is a coffee shop in Jonesboro. Absolutely. <laughs> so shout out Shadrachs. So there's so many opportunities that we've left available for people and that that we are hoping that by putting the people in the same room, in which that's really even the the purpose of the conference and the purpose of the network all wrapped up together in the same thing is that we have found through our relationships that there are many people that feel the same way, that operate the same way that we do, that are in different places that might not have any idea who each other are is or or anything about that but we're just trying to create a table for people to be able to sit around together and and foster this because i really think that what's happening in the kingdom now isn't localized into a denominational movement or even one church right. or this or that but that there's people from all different walks of life that are coming together and, and and i'm just really believing that that's what we're going to see happen at the end of this month
0: pastor matt and tagging off of that when you began praying about you know who's going to be speaking each night. What are the conference topics going to be? The breakout sessions. What are we going to talk about there? Uh, the morning sessions. The 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 you know the the open invitation to the people to come to the evening services. All, all the aspects of this, kind of going off of that. What, what are some things as as the pastor, what, knowing that this is going to be you know, the first of this also, this is going to set the tone and we're going to build off of this one going forward. In your mind, what are some things you said we have to make sure we do A, B, and C for this to get the relational impact it needs to have?
2: Well, one difference between this conference and our, uh, our normal refuge revivals or conferences is we typically bring in one speaker or one couple and keep them here for several days. But, but for this conference format, we really felt like we wanted a diversity of voices Mm -hmm. uh, speak. We wanted to, to be able to bring um, perspectives and also get, let's just be honest what I really mean, uh, different gifts to bear. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, if you're, if you're going to make the investment, Mm -hmm. especially as a leader of time, even if you're just driving across town, but you're going to come here every night, I take that seriously that you would do that. And so I I want to make sure that I'm putting in front of you the best opportunity for you to take something away. And so we knew we want to get a diversity of voices, not just stick with one speaker. You can do that, and uh, I don't know, we may feel led to do that for some reason in the future, but right now it really seemed important to have um, uh, a diversity of gifts, and so these three speakers uh, are coming. (laughs) This is really a plurality of ministry right here. This is very... Uh, this is varied ministry because you have in mm-hmm. Gary Brothers, you have he is at apostle level uh, in that there are multiple campuses of their m- mega church. Uh, he is set on the boards of, of many uh, influential ministry organizations. He oversees many churches that aren't even his own, but he's apostle right. uh, over That's them. Right. Um, and so he comes as a father. He comes. Uh, a, 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 as a different from a different age than the other speakers, as far as you know he's he's well down the road of experience and yeah. um and so he's speaking from the been there done that um you know had a lot of spiritual sons had a you know ber- given birth to a lot of ministries and uh, and 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 he's a leadership guru just to be honest with you and a leadership teacher and a lover of pastors. And so uh, that's that's one dynamic. But then the mm-hmm. second night when you have Greg DeVries, that's a different, very different dynamic because Greg has a very uh, unique gifting in the prophetic and with re- evangelism. Yes. Uh, he, now, he also has a great love for pastors. He's got his own network. Um, he loves pastors as well. Um, and, and, and so the Lord uses him to speak very specific words uh, to large groups of people Pretty much at every service, and and so he's going to bring the prophetic word of the Lord, and then he's going to be able to speak into uh, specifically into the lives of everybody, and then on and then on Friday night, welcoming someone like uh, like Aaron Crab. Um, you know, this is just very strong. Um, you know, just just preaching, just just bringing the word to. We wanted somebody that could bring on the last night. Uh, something that would take us out of here, fired up, ready to go, ready to go, uh, invade our territory, uh, having been fueled by everything that's happened earlier in the week, uh, and then just launch us out with uh, in a blaze of glory. And uh, and so, very different gifts, but complementary. We believe uh, in 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 creating a holistic experience for everybody.
0: Pastor Micah, that's a great segue. Adding into you know, scheduling these three speakers. Pastor just gave his his side on these three guys. Why don't you give your side on all three of these men? We've gotten to know these
1: guys, well, two of the three at least. Uh, more personally, uh, over the last couple of years, I have. Uh, Pastor Gary, I just love to be around him. Uh, I've spent some time at his church and am planning to spend a little bit more time here in the near future up there uh, in Cape Girardeau, and he was actually, this is a probably a fun fact for some of those that are listening, he was the first person that we went to uh, in uh, 2018, I believe it was, to talk with about planting the church in Marktree. He was somebody that we knew that had planted some campuses very successfully. Pastor and Sierra and I made the trip up to Cape Girardeau. And, and I know you remember sitting in, in, the, in that big office, and he's got a lot of cool things from his travels of, of overseas ministry over the years. Um, and I just love, uh, loved getting to do that and hearing him. And then him coming and speaking at our volunteer summit a couple of years ago. The people at Refuge uh, love Pastor Gary. Uh, So we're really, really looking forward to that. And then last year, uh, it's not even been a year since uh, Pastor Greg, almost a year since Pastor Greg has been here. Uh, And we got to know him at Ruach in Chattanooga. And what an incredible... Incredible, incredible ministry uh, it is that he has, and I think everybody has been uh, a beneficiary of that. Um, I know that my my back got completely healed the the, the night that he was here, and and I I even reminded Sierra of that uh, a night or two before. I said, "Don't you remember that that he told us when?" When he was here, he told me when he prayed over me, he said, there's going to be things that start popping and cracking in you, and you're going to forget that you ever had a bad back. I said, you know, that's been almost a year ago. Wow. So it's just an incredible thing. You know, I've been a personal recipient of this, and I'm very, very thankful yes. for the ministry of Greg DeVries. And uh, Aaron Crabb has been a household name uh, of my family's for years. Why Because at my house growing up, on every Saturday night, we watched the Gaither Homecoming special. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they made their appearances from time to time there as well. So I'm looking forward to having all three of these guys. I could not think of three better to have. So I'm really, really excited about hearing from all of them and having them here at Refuge.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I'm especially excited to to get to know uh, Pastor Gary and Pastor Aaron a lot more. I grew up with Greg. Greg was... uh, he spoke as an evangelist in my papa's church mm. when uh, I was 13 years old, I believe, and no, no, 14. Excuse me, 1999, and revival broke out on a Wednesday night, and he, and he stayed for I think 13, 13, 14 weeks, and it was just what? such a dynamic, powerful time to to grow up in the midst of that and see God healing people and words of knowledge and and the prophetic beginning to flow, and it really opened the door to a lot of the 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 growth of of Faith Church in Florence, the the, the numbers began to rapidly grow from that because God was just blessing that movement of prayer. Not saying it had been blessed before that. They had tremendous growth, but the spiritual maturity and the growth that expanded. So I cannot wait to meet, to see Pastor Greg again and get to know, um, you know. Let
1: me, let me flip the script on you for a second, ask you a question. Sure. Um, it, from that time, there's been a little bit of water come under the bridge since that moment happened for you in 1999. Right. Twenty years. So, <laughs> what is the what is it different like? Wh- having seen what his ministry is like mm-hmm. was like here last year. Right. Is it any different than it was in 1999?
0: I think he was more evangelistic. Then okay. Because he was 20 years younger. Yeah. so He was still uh-huh. finding. So the prophetic anointing has vastly improved. So. I th- I think I mean back in that day there were so many mature prayer warriors around him that he didn't have to do a lot of that. A lot of people were already in the altars ready for that, yeah. and so he was really just facilitating. But now the to see just how quick in the moment he hears God. Yeah, that that that's always been you know amazing to me. And, and Pastor Matt, you're one of the, you're someone else that I, I think about when I think about this. The, the gifting to literally in the minute just pivot and hear God's whisper and say, say this right now, or this person needs to hear this right now, or things like that, that's something I've always, you know, really admired and prayed for God to have that relationship with, because in today's culture with so much noise and chaos, to hear the whisper, the still small voice of God is so incredibly important in today's culture. And Pastor Greg carries that anointing. He
2: does, and I'll tell you why. Um, uh, and I can I recognize why, and it happens to be because I know because I've talked to him enough to know it yeah um you 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 get more uh familiar. With the voices happening all the time, right? Um, but you, it is your ability to dial into it and discern it that is really the variable. God speaking and wanting to use ministry people is not a variable, mm-hmm. um, but the variable is our capacity to dial into it. And right. and I happen to know about Greg that his personal ethic about his own personal prayer life is so strong. And the amount of time that he feels convicted uh, to spend in prayer is so much that that I, I guarantee you, absolutely, uh, yeah, uh, of course, that that is where he has dialed into that voice to where it, you know, you can tune everything else out and 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 get to that that one that one very familiar It becomes familiar the more time you spend with the Lord, but uh, and get there and hear it. Without trying to, I'm not trying to sabotage what we're talking about here, but like
1: I have other questions that are popping up in my mind about this. As you notice, I I notice this in like in in people like my dad, the older somebody gets and the more mature that they get in the Lord. I don't know if this sounds bad or not. I want to say it. Um, they spend a whole... They they prioritize prayer a whole lot more in their life than younger people in the ministry would. Absolutely. Is that a direct result of of just the, the revelation of the need for that amount of time and that amount of dedication spent? Or do you think it is 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 it revealed because of their experience that you go through so much you you realize that this is the only thing you're going to ever be able to go back to um is it I just I just love to hear David say that like well he was this way in 1999 a little bit but this part of his ministry mm-hmm. manifested mm-hmm. more right. later on in his ministry and then you 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 bring out that well that's a direct relationship and correlation to to the significance right. of his prayer life so what yeah. I'm what I'm gathering out of this is something that people in my generation need to hear is if you want to operate in prophetic ministry and and hear the voice of the lord more clearly it is going to be because you have to learn to silence the noises, yeah. and you're only going to be
2: able to do that when you're Absolutely. focusing on the Lord. And it's always been difficult to do that, but it is more difficult now than it has ever Absolutely. been. Absolutely, mm-hmm. And that's why you say, you know, that your generation and, and those after you need to hear it um, reiterated is because even if you're not asking for to be inundated with voices, you are just because right. you're on the planet <laughs> Absolutely. right now. And uh, and uh, everybody's marketing to you. Everybody's after yes, your attention. Yes. Everybody's vying for your dollars, your attention, your allegiance. You know whatever it is. And 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 there's every way possible of accessing your attention. And so uh, so yeah, somebody focusing on that and bringing that into focus is really important. And um, but you asked a question at the beginning of that. Is that a function of getting older? Um, and And I think it is partly um, the other thing is this there's a practical element to this too where you see people of age in things of the spirit spending more and more quality time with the Lord. Mm-hmm. There's a practical function and, and the practical function is when you're young, you're typically having to spend more hours working mm-hmm. you are raising your children right you are m- the most active you'll ever be in in some ways right. Mm-hmm and and the reality of the the timeline of life is it's front loaded mm-hmm. to where there's right. a lot of intense activity that happens when you're yes. schooling and then you're in your early married life and then you're raising children and then you're trying to build your career your ministry you're having to make money there yes. is no retirement there is no leeway there is no i mean you you know you're really having to pour on the activity yes and uh, and there's a practical element of that to where Uh, you, you, you reach a place to where you have a little more margin to invest. Mm -hmm. Right. Now I'm not saying you don't need to learn as a young person to sacrifice time, figure it out and spend more time with the Lord. I, I learned that and I learned it through a lot of discipline, just to be honest with you to where, you know, at a young age, I learned how to spend a significant amount of time with the Lord every day. Um, But also, during those years, we didn't have a child yet. I was full-time in the ministry, so I I could do that easier than if you're bivocational. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, I took advantage of it. I realized this is an opportunity, and so I took advantage of it. Um, But I do think there's a practical element of it, it. If it lends itself more fully... To you diving into. And also, I think there is something to what you said about uh, your age and experience starts giving you uh, the advantage of understanding just how much everything really does rely on your prayer life. Right. Absolutely. And especially the more that your natural energies wane or you can rely on your skill set a little bit less. Because it's not quite as reliable as it was twenty years ago, mm-hmm. you start understanding. I make up the difference in prayer, and, um, and you know, and I, and I think that's some of it. But there's there's some of age that you just can't get away from. I mean, there's just some time that uh, I, I remember when I was,
0: um, and now I'm hijacking it with my story. Uh, but uh, <laughs> for all you network partners, this, this is what you're going to get at the Worldwide conference too. So just hang in there with us. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, uh,
2: when I was. Um, before I came back into the assemblies of God, after having left, uh, I was in an organization that had credentialed me with uh, some some very 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 dear dear older folks who had worked. Um, who had worked very uh, diligently in the Assemblies of God in some high-up offices and then had left and formed their own organization. And uh, they brought me in and credentialed me, and they were amazing mentors. They were very advanced in age, very well experienced, and had a lot of wisdom. And I remember um, they were talking about in front of me, what their plans might be for me within the organization and uh and the, you know and they were talking about uh, you know we really we really want to give you a church and and but sister Wooten said you just need more theolo- you need more neology first
0: Ne-o- neology i love that term <laughs>
2: and i've
0: never forgotten that That's so good
2: <laughs> cuz i wanted an
0: assignment right. and
2: she's like no your assignment is to hit your knees
0: <laughs> yes. I say, I, I'm not going to give as long of an answer, but I'll just say it's D, all of the above. You know, I mean, it truly is. The pastor hit the nail completely on the head when you're, when your kids are brand new and when you're like, look, the, that electric bill's coming, I got to mm-hmm. work and I got to get, make right. sure the mortgage gets paid. I got to Because a lot, a lot of ministers, and I'll be the first to say this, if you prioritize your ministry over your family, God will judge you for that. And I've, I've met so many pastors that, You know, that they constantly say they're struggling with, you know, balance and struggling with, you know, with this area of their ministry. And then I'll look and go, well, how's your family life? You know, when you go home, do you go home to rest and do you go home to a place of peace or do you go home to a place of turmoil because you put them before, because you put your ministry before your family? You know, and so there's a lot of, you know, things that we really have to find that balance in. But also, you know, like you guys said, the older I get, the more I realize I just need him. And I can, and I can tell, Pastor, I can tell the days when I know I should have spent more time in prayer or I have not prayed yet because my attitude will be different, my my struggles will be different, things will not be as easy as they could have been because I haven't prioritized the the more important thing. I, I always go back to... To Mary and Martha, was what Martha was doing around the house important? Yes. Mm-hmm. People need to be fed. People need to be taken care of. There needs to be a hospitable atmosphere. But Jesus said to her, your sister's chosen the better thing right now. Mm. The better thing is for her to be at my feet and hear from me. When she, when we're done talking, she'll get up and help you. But mm. right now, we, she's chosen the better thing. I wish you had chosen the better thing. Too. And I, th-
2: I think that's a, a function also of age, of As you grow maturity-wise, maybe not chronological age, but just maturity age, you 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 come to a place where you better discern what is better. Yes, you know. I'd like to spend time doing that, and it's really, or more more likely, well, this has to get done. That's right. Yes. Well, does it have you know? Does it has to get done or not? Right. You know, that's obviously many times it's a matter of our perspective, and it yeah. maybe doesn't has to get done right now right. as much as uh, something more spiritual might benefit us. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. So, Micah, let me come back to you now, wrapping this up before we give Pastor Matt the opportunity to address the network partners from the sessions, fellowship times, takeaways, network opportunities, so forth and so on just give a few high points beyond the evening services, morning sessions, middle of the day. What are some other things that, Hey, if you're, if you're a network partner or if you're someone that hears about this and you want to register and be at this, this is also what we have to offer to you. I would, I would
1: like to mention the, um, we've talked a lot about the fellowship. We've talked a lot about the fellowship. We've not talked a lot about what you're going to get when you get there. Um, when you get here, you're going to get the full thing, yes. Uh, but your your morning sessions, and by morning sessions, we mean church. Yeah. Like when you get here at 10 or 10.30 that morning, if you get there at 10 o'clock, there's going to be people praying in the sanctuary. If At 10.30, though, well, we're going to have church. And if you know us, we have church, church. Yes. Like it's churchy church kind of thing. And uh, so that's what that's going to be. A lot like. So you're going to get a lot of, of of being poured into early on in the day and late in the evening. Um, and, and that's intentional, really, to be honest with you. So why do we need to have another church service if We're already having a big one in the evening. Well, because we're targeting a lot of pastors and ministry leaders that are coming here. And I don't know about how some of you guys feel, but I know that for the three of us, if we're at church... That means we're doing something. Yes. Even if we're not doing anything. Yeah, we're still you know, on the clock. We're, we're still doing <laughs> yeah. something. Like your mental capacity is taken up. So if a screen goes off, like David, yes. what, what goes through your mind? Yours is like, oh, no. like, I, oh. I, what, what, How did this just happen? Why um, is there feedback during my message right, right now? <laughs> right. All of those things, even yep. if you're not the one preaching, Absolutely. even if it's a Sunday night and we're just all here together yes. sitting on the front row, if somebody's mic's not working right, you're worried about that. Absolutely. It's, so here, we're trying to create as many opportunities as possible for these pastors and leaders to be able to sit in a church service and 100% be able to receive.
0: To completely detach. To, to, just yes. Com- yes, no for, responsibility. No if responsibility. the screen goes off,
1: guess what? You don't have to fix it. Exactly. I, I will be worrying about it, but you won't have to. <laughs> I won't be the only one. Absolutely. But... but You don't have to worry about those things. So when you get here, the thing that you need to focus on is is 100% receive, especially during the morning services and the evening services. Now, the afternoon kind of after lunch breakout sessions are going to be super practical. Mm -hmm. Um, Some things that we're going to talk about um, are, you know, it's all going to be around multiply, multiplying your people your leaders, your resources, uh, and your, your places. So in populate and multiplying people, it's going to be more about outreach and multiplying leaders. It's going to be a lot about discipleship, uh, in multiplying resources. I mean, who we're bringing in for that's going to be talking about, uh, some church finance, personal, personal testimonies of, of what he has had to walk through and bring his church. It's going to be super encouraging for a lot of pastors and, and ministry leaders. I know, um, um, and then multiplying places will be talking about places of your influence. How can you put your DNA in other places in your city? There's going to be lots of lots of really good practical things. So yeah. you're going to get to after lunch, after everybody's talked, you're going to get to do what preachers like to do, talk about church. Right. So we're going to have a good conversation uh, around all of those things as well. I, I don't know. I think every part of it has its its unique thing, and I know every bit of it's going to be just a hundred percent beneficial to to all that come.
0: And all of you that come, if you say, well, what about all the things I can't be a part of or all the other classes I can't get to, we give you our word. We're going to record and, and make sure it's a, and all the resources are available of every area of this conference that we can, because we want you to leave getting as much as you possibly can out of it. Mm-hmm. Pastor Matt, let me throw it to you finally as we slide into home here. Um, some things, some areas, some declarations you want to open your heart and share for the next few minutes to our network partners and all of those that are listening, that's building towards this conference. So
2: I just feel like expectation is always important. And, uh, if you start formulating what you're expecting, uh, you'll, you'll not be disappointed, uh, because there 's uh, all of us are at situations to where we 're asking certain questions about our lives about our ministries, about our people about our churches there 's something you 're asking God about there 's something you 're praying about or well, there 's right. something that you you need insight on yes, there 's something that would be if this got dealt with, it would take us to the next level if this if I were to get a direction on this, it would solve a problem. Time to start praying and expecting now that this is your chance to get that. Mm-hmm. Um, d- just, just to start expecting that. Amen. Um, and also to start getting your heart and your mind open to you know what the Lord might say to you about ministry and what the Lord might say to you personally, uh, because he's going to deal with both, which is a blessing. And the, the bonus of letting the Lord deal with you personally is, whatever the Lord does in you personally becomes a residual effect in your ministry. So if you let the Lord deal with a hard thing in you, uh, your ministry is only going to benefit from that. So I, I would say open up your heart and your mind, get some expectation going, um and and then put some things out there to the Lord. Say, Lord, I, I, I'm believing for this. I'm believing to go home with that. I'm believing for that answer, for that direction, for that right. inspiration, uh, whatever it may be. Or, or it may be. Um, here's one thing I'm praying: is that the um, experiences of the outpouring, like the the manifestations of the Spirit of God, that we see with miracles and healings and deliverances and those kinds of, and the 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 vast. Workings of the gifts of the spirit, the the visions and the uh, the mm-hmm. dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, I am believing for that to multiply uh, into every network church uh, that's yes. that, that shows up. That, that, and 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 I say multiply because you may be already having great experiences with the things of God, but I'm believing for that to be turned up, increased,
0: increase. yes, because
2: sir. of being here and being part of what God's doing in the collective.
0: Absolutely. So all of you that are listening, partners, listeners, church members, refuge family, please cover this conference in prayer. We really want you to be there. The evening services are open to absolutely anybody that wants to attend. The morning uh, sessions and services, we ask you to please go to refugechurchag.com and register so you can get be a part of those as well as everything else that's going to be offered there. And again, if you cannot attend every part of it, that's okay. We're going to do our best to record and have all the resources from every class, every breakout session that we possibly can so that you can have those to take back to your church wherever you're from or just take into your home wherever you're going from. Pastor, um, as we close this out... I think it would be very appropriate for you to cover and in this uh, podcast episode in prayer, sir.
2: Father, I thank you for the opportunity to gather around this digital table with, uh, with those of like mind and like heart. Our hearts and our desire is to pursue you and to lead as others pursue you. So, Lord, I pray that you would absolutely take the wisdom that has been released here today and multiply it among those who've heard. I pray, oh God, that you would give us a great preparation in our hearts for what is coming at this conference. I pray that you would multiply this network and find those who need to be part of it and bring them around this table as well. And we thank you that it's going to result in a harvest of souls here and around the world in Jesus' name,
0: amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Refuge Net Podcast. Be sure to look in the description for notes from today's episode and for more information about the Refuge Ministry Network. We appreciate you for listening. Thank you to all of our network partners. And to God, be all the glory. Have a blessed day. Be fruitful and multiply.